Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. What's your name again? Lee Orr. Lee Orr? Do I have a question? Lee Orr what? <laughs> no, it's, uh, I would have said in English, uh, my light. That's the, that's the explanation of the name. Oh, so your parents named you My Light? Yes. That's beautiful. Good morning, good morning. My parents named me uh, My Darkness. My Darkness? <laughs> What's the ugliest thing about my face? <laughs> Seriously. I don't know, I, I'm not really into um, beards, beards? Um, it's kind of like, you kind of have a narrow, a very narrow face. Your face? Yes. Can I say something about your teeth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so teeth. <laughs> what's the ugliest thing about my face? That you asked that question. I think that's the ugliest thing. I don't. I don't think that way about people in general. What's the ugliest thing about my face? <laughs> All of it. <laughs> G G G G, take me away. G G G G, take me today. Hey there, thanks for listening. This episode we have Reverend Comedian Mary Beth Mooney. And we talk a lot about stuff that's going on these days. We live in weird times. Everyone's chasing Facebook likes, fighting for Twitter followers. Every 12-year-old on YouTube has a channel that they want you to subscribe to. Everyone wants to be a celebrity, and anybody can. Weird times indeed. Is it good? Where are we headed? We don't know. This is uncharted territory. Can we all just admit that? We don't know what the hell's gonna happen. We're just following the technology as it goes. Where it ends up, nobody knows. But uh, anyway, I digress. Enjoy this episode with me, Matt Kaplan, and the lovely Mary Beth Mooney. So Mary Beth Mooney. Yes. Welcome. Thank you, Karen. You've lived in New York City for 25 years, you said? Yeah. Well, yeah, Manhattan for 25 Manhattan. years, yeah. Where were you before this 25 years? Oh, my God. Uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Oh, then, is that where Jesus is from? Yes. Okay. And my sister was born on Christmas. The Are Christ you, child, yeah. She was born on Christmas? Yeah, isn't that wild? That is. Are you uh, Jesus? I have a stigmata. I have, I have a little... Oh, only the anti- on one hand. The mark of the Antichrist? Yeah, well, I, I, I got a scar on my palm, so I have, I have half a stigmata. From? Um, I put my hand through a, a, a glass. I was fighting with my older sister through a window, and I got glass in there, and 
Did it ever come out? Here. Yeah, yeah, they dug it out. But uh, that happened to me as well. Oh my God, you have a scar too. Should um, we compare? It's it's gone. But my uh, I used to live in an apartment building, and my brother locked me on the terrace. And See, I fighting with your siblings. Yeah, yeah, punch exactly. We, we had our hands uh, either side of the glass. She'd let her hand go. I went through it. Yeah. She so won. then people wonder why I have trust issues. Yeah. <laughs> See? There it was. There that it was. one moment against I know, the glass. right? Yeah. You look back, I'm having psychotherapy here in the basement. That's pretty much what happens I a lot. Know, I know. I mean yeah. the studio, not the basement. It's a really nice studio. Basement studio. Yes, the basement studio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what brought you to New York 25, uh, for 25 years was, so far? <laughs> I was going so far. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to be an actress. Yeah? Yeah. That's what you came here for. Not right. st- not stand up comedy, but acting? Well, everybody told me to do stand up comedy, but. Um, As a way to just get more exposure? They thought I was funny and probably funnier than I was uh, an actress. Um, but I was, no, 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 no. I'm going to be Meryl Streep. I'm really a, a fantastic actress. And then I went on a couple of uh, commercial auditions, and the women there are just like airbrushed in real life. And this is 1990 before plastic surgery was super popular. Uh-huh. So they were just so like out of magazine beautiful mm-hmm. and I felt like the wash woman I felt like the cleaning lady I was like I'm wearing my my best clothing and I I was like I am so ugly next to them and it really became in my eyes about looks and I thought they just were so beautiful and they had confidence and I had none so I thought maybe I should look into that stand-up <laughs> yeah going on auditions is really tough you're just surrounded by tons oh of people God. that are Exactly, very like good you. looking people and mm-hmm. with beautiful voices and beautiful hair and perfect everything. And but often devoid of personality, right? Well, I, I like to think that, yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and often talent. I'd like to think that yeah. as well. Yeah. And and one of my personal high points, I was in, um, I can't remember what, I think it was, was it some kind of a shampoo commercial. Um, and I made everybody in the waiting room, all the other like perfect model lady, but they weren't models. They were, that's the scary thing. They weren't even models. They were actresses. And I'm like, what do the models look like if the actresses are so perfect? Right. But th- I was making them laugh. Yeah. And I'm like, Wow. I'm making the purple perfect people laugh. Okay, so maybe maybe there is something to this. Yeah, well, I used to live in Los Angeles, and obviously there's a lot of actors oh, there. Yeah. And one thing that I noticed with actors that it is, it is also their stereotype, but they're kind of empty vessels. Mm-hmm. Like they're mm-hmm. kind of just devoid of personality. Right, right. And in a way it works. I get it. They're just empty. And then you fill them with scripts. You fill them with <laughs> words so then they can be that. Right, I, they're a blank slate. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I think any good actor has a lot of heart and soul to be able to interpret those words and those scripts. Right. Right. I think those vessels, maybe they can be on a shampoo commercial, yeah. but they're not going to be an actor that any of us really like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That seems right. There was this actor, he was like ridiculously good looking guy, fresh out mm-hmm. of like Arkansas or somewhere in the middle of the country. He came over when I was living there, he came over to my house and we're all playing instruments. We're just improvising mm-hmm. on instruments. Yep. And he looked like he walked out of an Abercrombie and Fitch catalog, oh. like perfectly, perfectly chiseled. Mm-hmm. And he was only in LA for two days at this point. And then we finished jamming and we're just hanging out and he goes, how do you guys, that was a great song. I was like, oh, that wasn't a song. We were just improvising. And he goes, well, how, how, how do you know what note to play? How do you oh, how do you know? Wow. Like he didn't understand the concept of that you could just improvise. Right, 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 right. And then like two weeks later, he's in a movie with Brad Pitt. See, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's very bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I, I do like that origin story of you being in an audition and finding out that you were the funny one in the room. 
Well, it was the one thing I had, my yeah. calling card, because I was like, and, and hair of all things. My hair was big for, it was, well, it, it, well, it looks good today, but <laughs> it, I, I have a lot of hair, but I should not be in a hair commercial. I should be like the before picture for any kind of hair product. So it was just like, oh, come on. And I really felt that I felt like, well, of course, this is me, you know, being, you know, self, uh, debracing. Yeah. But I felt like, oh, the poor, she's, at least she's funny. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they were just, oh, I, like it scarred me further. Like, I was like, wow. But you want it to be more I, than. I really am not attracted. Like, you know, you've, you've, at least I, I walk around not feel, but I thought, wow, I walked out of there going, I am really not attractive. However, I can spin a witty yarn. Boy, okay, let's run with that one. <laughs> spin let's, a witty yarn. Uh, <laughs> but aren't we, isn't it impossible to truly evaluate yourself? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. that's not, you're not objective when you're the subject, right? Exactly. I hate the sound of my voice. Mm-hmm. You know, back in, I'm, I'm really going to date myself here, uh, answering machines. Yeah. Oh, it'd take me like 30, 40 tries to, to, <laughs> to put the greeting. Hello, you've reached in, you know, 30 tries on that. Well, it's still the same. Do you, or you just use the automatic message. No, I have my I haven't changed my cell phone. Um, in you years. transferred it from your answering machine <laughs> to your iPhone. <laughs> I finally oh. nailed it after years. I'm not going to mess it up now. <laughs> I should have done that. Yeah, if just, I would have had maybe like a mic swap thing, I could have. There you, you go. Know, you, you need the app. But uh, yeah, and I don't like pictures of me when you know you get headshots or even like. Uh, this is I, ridiculous. Uh, You're a very attractive woman. I, I mean, you know, this, yeah. that's objective. I mean, look. Well, okay, put it here. Here's here. I put the, I put what I felt was a silly picture of, yeah. on Facebook. The picture of me in the police office uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, that, yeah. I to my mind that's funny because I'm a lady and I'm dressed like a cop and I have a big stupid grin on my face. I got the dirtiest, nastiest emails from men on Facebook. Oh, because they thought it was like a sexy, sexy. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, what is going on here? Well, you have and some sexy. And when I when picks. I got some, when I got like ten or eleven of them, I'm like, okay. Now I feel like I'm putting inappropriate pictures of myself. I, I thought it was so like asking you to like cuff them and uh, yeah, 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 things like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was one of them you, Matt? <laughs> How did you know what but they that said? Was nice Five of them were me. Yeah. <laughs> Five, but it was they. I liked them. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice of you, Matt. All your aliases are so nice. Uh, so wait, how, so you get enough comments, you get enough affirmation. How much is enough to feel? Like see, that's the thing. I, I how much is enough, right? Mm-hmm. That's so funny that we're we're touching on this. Um, like we're, we are going to have therapy. We realize. Okay, that, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, because I, I I'm just at a point where you know stand up really is a is a confidence game, don't you think that? Oh, yeah, so much. Sometimes I think even more than humor even then material because yeah. we've all been in the room mm-hmm. where someone is killing and, and nothing against them but you're going that's not that clever right and you're in the back going How? but they own the room yeah and i've myself have gone in there certain nights i'll just feel like yeah i'm pretty you know i'm not m- more witty than i was a week ago when i bombed mm-hmm. but i'm owning the room right and i'm going i don't deserve this they're treating me like i'm you know so it's almost like you're buying your own bullshit. I don't know. No, it is. It's such a game of confidence. When I yeah. first started stand-up, I, I couldn't tell the good comedians apart from the beginners because mm-hmm. you'd go to an open mic and it was often that people are just, you know, these kids, they're 21, 22, and they're just yeah. ultra-confident. Right. And I'm right. like, oh, he's, he's experienced. Look at mm-hmm. this confidence. And then as you get more experienced, you're like, all right, he's acting confident, but he's not that good at stand-up. Right. But it's very easy to trick an audience with confidence. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely, and I, I've fall. I, 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 
when I have to, when I'm doing a paid gig, I pump myself up with so much confidence because I feel like, because I've, the worst feeling, have you, you, you both have done paid gigs and you bomb. You feel like, I don't even want to take the money. It yeah. feels like, you feel like you're, it's dirty money. Yeah. You feel like, oh my God, like it just like, here, take your money back. I didn't earn it. So now I feel like I have to kill it if I'm getting any kind of uh, some fun, financial reward. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go in there and be super confident. If I'm not funny, I'll be pleasant. I will be likable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be super confident, <laughs> and in a, an audience's mind, that can be funny because mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, you know, yay, entertaining. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They feel like they got their money's worth. People want to see someone that appears to be a professional performer up there, exactly. and, and not some. So I lady can they at know. least do that if yeah. I'm not if my three hours of bunion material isn't going to really win them over. Well, this is particular to, to stand up with the confidence is like mm-hmm. people are nervous for you already that if you look like a deer in headlights, they, the audience gets very uncomfortable. Right. They want to see someone confident up there. It's stand up and it's dating. But we're not oh. so much dating, but sex. Think mm-hmm. of it for both sexes. Um, is the guy or the girl who got laid a lot early, you know, we were teenagers or early 20s. Mm-hmm. Think of it. They weren't the best looking. They were right. so confident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because Confid- you look back, you're going, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's such a New York thing as well. New Yorkers are the most confident people. Mm-hmm. New York yeah. is like, oh, how do I get there? You go that way, that way, that way. You just right, like, you know, right, right. I think, I, I think maybe that's the, the stereotype. But yeah. I, I mean, definitely within performers, actors, comedians are the mm-hmm. least confident people in the world. You know? Right, right. And, and those are most of the people I know insecure. in New York. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm highly insecure. And, yeah. and people are always shocked by that. Yeah, but because, well, I'm not shocked by it. Because wouldn't you say that some of the more interesting, like, uh, more nuanced person would mm-hmm. be more insecure than someone? Oh, I think so. Yeah, because a simple person would be like, oh, this life's simple. I'll just yeah. get, I'm just confident. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're not a simple person. Like normal people, you know, people that don't do what we do, like put themselves out there with f- tweets and Facebook statuses mm-hmm. and use social media or get on a microphone and try to get people to love us. Yeah. Um, they just go to work just. I don't mean you know, putting people down, but people who could, but it seems like just. Imagine a life like that. You go to work, you it, go it home. It would be a blessing, wouldn't it? Wow. You never have to look in the mirror going, I'm doing it wrong. You, I, I, at least once an hour, I, I, I self-analyze myself to death. But wouldn't you say that those people don't need that affirmation from random strangers on yeah, social media? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, do you ever wonder why you're tweeting and making Facebook posts to get likes? Because it feels really good. Is that why you do it? Yeah, yeah. When, 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 I, um, when I do a... a, a I really haven't mastered Twitter, but I can pretty much... I was doing really well on Facebook, Mm -hmm. and I could get easily 100 likes, like within an hour. Uh Uh-huh. And show a little cleavage. You no, know, it was, was funny statuses. <laughs> I try and show cleavage. Nothing. <laughs> no, you put a cop picture up, you get 200 <laughs> likes, and you're thinking it's a silly picture. And then I felt bad because I have, I have my nephew and nieces right. are on there, and I'm like, oh my God, is it inappropriate? Like, why, why are people I don't think it's saying they want to yeah. do naughty things to me? <laughs> people have dirty minds. <laughs> right? Yeah, they do. <laughs> Holy moly. Ask Matt number three. Yeah, Matt number three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry about that one. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> you, you do you do write a nice dirty email. Huh? Thank you. 
<laughs> but how many likes is enough? I mean, is it ever? Well, that's the other thing. Is, yeah. is the void ever filled? No, I mean, it's never filled because if you're, you, I got used to fifty likes, and then I then I go by the time. Like I said, a hundred likes within an hour. Uh, now, if oh, it really? takes me Whoa. to get a hundred likes over three days, doesn't count. Uh-huh. You want to get it instantly. But does it vary when you post? Do you try to post at prime times? Um, I, yeah, I, f- I figured it out. Like, like, who does that? Like, I'm spending, I'm spending quality brain time, not like helping the sick and, and feeding the poor, <laughs> right. but like when, when to post to get the majority <laughs> yeah. of likes. Like, what's well, wrong with me? No. Um, but here, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Um, it, you d- evening. So as people are, mm. uh, uh, dinner time, yeah. eight, eight, nine o'clock at night. You're also going to get a spike at around 11 or 12. I'm thinking they're probably in bed with their smartphones. They have a little bit of insomnia. Uh-huh. Eight o'clock in the morning, boom. So if you do something at night, you're going to get a spike at between eight and 10 because they're having their morning coffee, they're at mm-hmm. their desk, and they're right away going to look at your, and then at, and then at noon. But the night spike, the midnight spike, is, mm-hmm. would you get less likes because they're more shamefully on at night? Like they want to give the illusion mm. that they're out living an exotic life, not home on their smartphone? Is there that element as well? Or is that just me? That's just you. <laughs> do, 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 you and I are very similar. <laughs> I don't go out that much unless I'm doing Neither do show. I, yeah. but, but sometimes I'll avoid social media because I'm like, I want people to think I'm out having a great time. Yeah, I've definitely done that. Like, uh, like someone like posts something, I'm like, I'm not going to like it right away right? because I don't want to seem like, like I'm too excited to like it. Exactly. Like I'm just sitting around waiting for someone to post something. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. <laughs> like because, I'm a big loser. Like right. people notice, well, we notice it about ourselves, but I don't think other people notice it. Right. Like I would never go, Oh, Matt jumped on that immediately. Right. Loser. Right. Right. Yeah, I would never think that. Yeah, but we think that about, like, right. we think other people think that about us. You know why? Because we're the center of our universe mm-hmm. and we're judging well, ourselves. It is a unique time uh, in history because, I mean, you ever go on YouTube and you, you're looking for maybe a tutorial or something mm-hmm. and there's all these 12 year old, 13 year old kids and they give a tutorial and then they're like, subscribe to my channel, yeah. like this. And they're trying to be a celebrity. They're, they just hit puberty, and they just want to be a celebrity and yeah. get subscribers and likes. It's so sad. There are actual YouTube celebrities, you guys. Oh, yeah. Like, there's uh, like, yeah. That's a whole different culture that is... Well, on Gawker today, mm-hmm. there was a crime, a horrible crime. This uh, 20-year-old kid uh, raped and, and kidnapped this woman, 14-year-old girl, really, um, and he is a, his, he's a Facebook heartthrob. Uh huh. There are heartthrobs on Facebook. Yeah, like we're on our, the medium we're on that we use to s- tell right. people about our s- silly comedy shows and. Well, try. this is, this is interesting because this what? is this is something that I did want to talk to you about because mm-hmm. recent. I'm glad we're having this conversation because very recently I've been taking. I've been on a Facebook diet, just <gasps> like n- not mm-hmm. being on it. I've just been using it for promotion. Uh huh. And. Um, I feel better when I go on it less. Yeah, like the less I go yeah. on it, I just feel better about my life and myself. Do you feel disconnected from people? When, by not being on it? Yeah, because that's what I'm wondering. If I'll, if I'll, I guess so. I feel disconnected from the Facebook people. But not, from, not in real life. I feel more connected to myself. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. <laughs> I do, and I think that makes me happier. Because when you go on Facebook, well, when I go on Facebook, you're just immediately forced to compare yourself with other people. No, you're absolutely right. You know, oh, look, they got all those likes. They got all these likes. And yeah, it gets yeah. Exo- emotionally exhausting. And also, we're not 20 years old. Yeah. You know, we're not yeah. 15 years old. These are the people that they post any inane 
status update right. and they get 120 right. likes. Yeah. 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 Oh, go to McDonald's. 400 likes. What? Right, exactly. Well, cuz we're we're too old for Facebook. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's a young person's thing. They grew up with it. All their friends are on it. Mm. I mean, obviously we're entertainers, so we should be on it. It's smart to be on it, but Right. It's uh it's very frustrating for me these days because I'm not the target market for Facebook. But well, yeah, MySpace was for musicians. They really took off with that. But mm-hmm. Facebook is definitely not MySpace. And you are you do you consider yourself primarily a musician, or are you musician comedian equal? I'm, or a, what I'm are a comedian you? that came to it from music. I did okay. mus- I did music for many years, mm-hmm. and I did a lot of it, and it took me to some amazing experiences. Right. But um, I felt like I kind of exhausted almost all that I wanted to experience with music. Okay. So then, like comedy, like is i'm totally immersed in that now okay yeah okay yeah i still play music and i love music but i'm not really pursuing it but i wonder if we really have to be on it as much as we are or as and by say we i mean me (laughs) no i think anybody should even if you just want a job because it's it's a social network so if you're out there people think of you i've gotten plenty of opportunities from being on it yeah, me too. But how do you avoid that comparing yourself to other people and the likes and all that? It's like a big. It's like entering a high school popularity contest yeah. several times a day. Several times a day, it's, and it's and, and you go back to that that same insecure high school person that you were. Yeah, all you're doing is is like tickling that insecure part mm-hmm, of yourself mm-hmm. every time you open it up and look at it. Yeah, and then one of the things that is maddening, and I voiced it, and I, I, I don't, I, I t- today I thought I was very proud of myself. I just stepped away. I, I post jokes. Uh huh. Very rarely do I post something seriously, uh-huh. you know, or say I'll make it an actual question like, "Hey, does anybody know where you know?" I was looking for for venues. Mm-hmm. Um, to do shows and that was a serious post but yeah. majority my majority like 99% of the stuff is a joke it's a premise it's a joke I'm working on and people will respond in the comments and I fucking hate the comments because they take the joke seriously they take it seriously yeah. and it's like a heckle I'm, I'm making the joke Interesting. shut up right. like it yeah you're not gonna add to it you're not gonna make it funnier don't try to top it right um but today I, I what I can't remember what, what, the, what the joke was oh it was it was um, I probably shouldn't have made it my doctor, but I said, uh, my, my doctor said, uh, you're one of the most, um, uh, uh, you have the best outlook of any, any of my patients. And my reply was, you know, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? So like, I don't have a good outlook. Right. It's a little punchline. It's a little funny there. And I was tossing around and people wrote in the comments, maybe you need a new doctor. Sounds like you need a therapist. Like, it's a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. <laughs> but maybe they were trying to make a joke as well. Or they were trying to top it. Yeah. But either way, you're a douchebag. Ah. You know what I mean? Not you, Matt, but you know what I mean? It was my comment once it again. Was, it was, <laughs> don't top me. It's, and so I wrote yeah. in the comments, joke fail. You guys win. All right, you didn't get yeah, it. Nice. Not funny. I'll put, a new, I'll put a new joke up there. And they still continued. No, 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 but seriously, maybe. I'm like, st- stop it. Stop yeah. it right now. But then there's also like you could, for example, you can make a joke about Sarah Palin, mm-hmm. like Sarah Palin, she's an idiot, blah 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 right. blah. She eats buffalo for breakfast, whatever. <laughs> and people will like it. You'll get a lot. You if you do that, you'll get a lot of likes. Mm-hmm. Not because they think the joke is funny, but because they don't like Sarah Palin. Correct. Yeah, you can get an easy. I was getting some easy laughs or easy likes exactly. with Trump. Right. That's but it wasn't necessarily you know. 
that clever but it's oh yeah we love to jump on trump yeah trump's an idiot yeah uh, like, and, like, and culture's bad and evil you know so right. we have a couple people we can tar and feather surely there's got to be a better way to measure i mean trying out jokes on facebook and twitter yeah. i get that yeah you want to yeah. see if it works or not see the reaction but it, for me it doesn't transfer there are some comics to the stage yeah because mm-hmm. we we know comics that you're like, oh, I saw that on his Twitter, or I saw that on his, or, or saw it on her Facebook. I've stuff that has got done very well mm-hmm. on Facebook or Twitter. I've tried to flesh it on stage. And I, think, I think it depends on the, the personality of the the comedian, mm-hmm. how you perform, That's and I think true. your your style is much bigger than just the written word. Right. So maybe right, it doesn't right. have that same. Yeah, we also we yeah that's true. Yeah. We talked about that in uh, one of these episodes with Brandon Scott Wolf. We talked about mm-hmm. how you can have a joke and you could repackage it in a million different ways. Mm-hmm. So if you have the essence of a joke, you could wrap a story around it. I mean, right. you can make it work. You just might have to massage it and move it around a little bit. But right. if, it, if the essence of the joke is funny, I think there's a way to make it work. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I, I, I'm not. It has to be clean for social media. You know, you have yeah. to set up in a punchline. Yeah. I, I'm not. Right. I'm very physical. I'm all over the place. I, yeah. You know, very animated. So it's. Yeah. I'm not going to be disciplined enough to, <laughs> to just be like, mm-hmm. here's the setup, here's the punchline. Sure, it's different contexts, yeah. you know, different styles. I'll do an act out. Mitch, oh, Hedberg would have, Mitch Hedberg would have killed Twitter. He would have been yeah, great at right? it. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, if he was around now, he would have been. He would have gotten famous mm-hmm. just from Twitter, probably. Mm-hmm. But Louis's not on Twitter because he's not good at it. No, no. Yeah. Well, did you see a couple? He had a couple uh, tweets. The uh, couple. He he tweeted. I followed him for a year before he quit. Mm-hmm. And he was, I think he was drunk tweeting, like on flights and stuff, uh-huh. and he would yeah, get into fights I, with people. That, yeah. yeah, it was, it was oh, pretty Twitter entertaining. Fights, yeah. Well, it made me, it made me feel better because you're like, oh, okay, I, you know, he made him like us, mm-hmm. like okay, people get under his skin, and he gets annoyed at people, and you know, gets to a point where it's a fucking joke, people, <laughs> and people wouldn't get it, right? You know? and and it's a hard medium. Yeah, see, that doesn't bother me as much. I'm like, whatever, they don't get it. Mm-hmm. What's been bothering me is just like I can't avoid comparing myself to other yeah. people, yeah. and that's why staying it off, staying off it has just been better because I just want to focus on the work and do good work, mm-hmm. and that's it. And all that other insecurity stuff just hinders that. So, yeah, it's more Facebook than Twitter because yeah. Facebook people mm-hmm. and myself included, I, I have I don't have a perfect life. I don't have a horrible life. I have a life, um, but I, I try to make it a positive. You know, I try to you yeah, know how or, do you. How do you do that? I mean, you've been in New York. You've been doing stand-up for how long here in New York? Oh, my God. Stuffle digits. Well, you know, because I I, I started in the 90s, and then I quit for 10 years. You did? Okay. Um, Why did you quit for so long? Because, you know what? I I got to a point where I was like, I'm I'm sick and tired of being poor. Uh Um, I'm sick and tired of... of, banging my head against the wall to to come up with with jokes. And I would be sitting backstage going, "Look look at this. There's people are paying yeah. money and sitting there waiting for me to make them laugh. What, what kind of grown up does this? It just seems so silly. And and I just went, I don't. This nobody nobody understood. This is before you know social media, and there was a really, or maybe there was a comedy community, but I certainly wasn't part of it. It wasn't as big as it is now. Yeah, for sure. yeah. And and I just remember sitting backstage at Don't Tell Mama. And because they used to do regular shows there, mm-hmm. um, 
going, this is, this is, this is not a way for it to live. Well, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, the best me, and mm -hmm. I try and remember this when I go out to perform, mm -hmm. is that I'm doing it for the audience. Like, I want right. to make the audience laugh. Right. I want to make them feel better. Mm -hmm. This way, it's not about me and my ego. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it really depends, I mean, the attitude you have. To That's true. But then I, I quit and I worked in corporate America, and that made me sad. Yes. <laughs> That I understand. <laughs> so I thought that would make me happy. And it, it, I, I, you know, 401k, and I had my bills paid, I paid all credit. So I was Stability. like, okay. Yeah, so that was, but I was, I was very, uh, I was financially stable, mm. but it was emotionally. Yeah. I was emotionally mm. unstable. That sounds worse. But, but no, I, I wasn't. No, I um, yeah, I, I, I so I, I got fired. Mm -hmm. From uh, it was the first time I ever got fired from a job. Did you? Do you think you subconsciously wanted to get fired? Oh yeah, I had I had yeah. a really crummy attitude. I totally consciously like I look back and I'm appalled at my behavior. I was like such a badass. I, I did everything but crack a beer at my desk. I mean, I was I was not I was not well behaved because I, mm -hmm. I I just felt beaten and I. I I look back on the bosses. They were very nice to me. They even had a going away party. They fired me. Wow. They had a cake and champagne. I was like, you know what? In retrospect, that was kind of nice. Well, that's mm -hmm. testament to your warm personality, right? See? Yeah. yeah. Even when I'm a badass, I'm, there's still that likable <laughs> lady that's, you know, like, fuck you guys. <laughs> but give me a hug first. <laughs> so... Yeah, so I, 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 I had had a, enough of a, a little bit of a cushion. Right. So that I didn't, and this is before the, the recession. This is, this, you know, things weren't bad. You uh, saved enough money from that job to Yeah, you to were, go we back. weren't in scary, exactly. I thought, you know, corporate America's not going to go anywhere. Right. So I did the Fringe Festival. I was a stage manager, and I was mm -hmm. like living like, and I was pretending like that was my payment. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to, I get my, my uh, unemployment check, and yeah. here's my $400 for being a stage manager. Was and that job the same job all this all those years? Was that yeah. the calligraphy job? No, no. It was uh, I, I worked at BBDO advertising. Okay. Um, but I was doing stand up during those years, okay. and uh, I did calligraphy all throughout. So I, I've always worked like four or five jobs. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. Uh -huh. I have horrible insomnia, but I would do BBDO during the day, um, and I would do wedding calligraphy at night. Okay. Or weekends. Yeah. And I would do stand up at night. That's so such I just a specific wouldn't. skill. Yeah. Well, not, not but the Catholic school. Sixteen years of Catholic school. So handwriting. Okay. So I've like per, I have perfect handwriting. And has that been replaced by computers now? It pisses me off. Yeah. But yeah. I, honestly, um, I I have uh, I have an autoimmune disease. I have Graves' disease. Okay. So um, that's why my eyes are so big and I'm I'm thin. Like I can eat whatever I want and I don't gain weight. Does that mean you have an active thyroid? Overactive. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hyperactive. That's also. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> but that's great. What is, is that? Kind of good. <laughs> well, yeah. The 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 the, 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 the positives are I can eat whatever I want. I don't gain weight. Mm -hmm. Or if I do weight gain weight, it's like a little bit, you know. It's like oh, one less slice of pizza, um, and uh, well, I, I think the eye thing is. I think I have horrible eyes. I'm very self conscious about my eyes, but mm -hmm. you know, I have really I, thick eyelashes. I disagree. Yeah, oh well, your thank eyes you. Are great. Thank yeah. you. Because we're uh, going to get to the root of this self image um, stuff. <laughs> but yeah, like I have insomnia and high blood pressure. Wouldn't you say there's a lot of people that are less intelligent, less attractive, mm -hmm. that have such a better self-image of, oh, yeah. of themselves than you? Oh, yeah. So isn't it all relative? Like, where, I mean, I'm, I would guess that maybe you didn't get enough love from your parents or there's something, <laughs> right? I mean, 
I don't get enough love now. Like I, I yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and if people are nice to me, I, I cry. I cry if I'm sad, and I cry if I'm really happy. Well, did your parents give you physical um, affection when you were growing up? Were they around for you? <laughs> we really are having therapy. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know what? I, maybe that's maybe they had. I, I, oh gosh. I mean, um, a lot of the older generations, mm. like my mom was, uh, you know, she was very warm, but she wasn't physically affectionate. Right. And right. I think nowadays it's like. Oh yeah, it's good to hold your child. Mm-hmm. You know. And- yeah, yeah. Um, well, my father isn't with any of us. He's very stoic. Yeah, the, you know right. that Irish Catholic. Um, he, and I know this with all of us. He he like won't say I love you. Right. Well, no. especially males, and that's a yeah. big change. In exactly. This, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. To show emotion was to show weakness. Mm-hmm. Was, exactly. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, were your parents like that? Were they very withholding? Uh, my mother. Uh, gosh, my mother. We we would we would be annoying and you know jump into bed jump into bed with her and go i love you mommy i love you so much and she would you know push us away and be like oh i love you too just to get rid of it it'd be funny right um (laughs) now i look back going maybe i really meant that i was like mother please love me sure um i don't know well aren't there many truths told in (laughs) jokes just many a truth is said in jest um i guess i guess i don't but my siblings are so (laughs) Well, they they really are. They're they're very um, you know they they gather shit together. They do. They don't have yeah. They don't have nearly this, and, this shit I have. You have siblings. My two you- sisters always had boyfriends, and they they never you know calorie counting, dieting. Are you the middle? face cream? Like what's that? We they wake up in the morning and they just have the confidence to just go out. I'm like, are you you don't sit in front of a mirror and just like self loathe for an hour? Like who? What is wrong? I thought they were they had problems, right? Because they weren't feeling this way. That yeah, yeah, they just like were like, hey, this is me. I'm just well, this gonna is go. A- and they have fr- they always had lots of friends. I never had a lot of friends. Yeah. Well, that's a thing. That's mm-hmm. a psychological thing where if you feel like they should feel like you like you did. I thought I was the normal one. <laughs> well, you would take that on for them. And that happens uh, with families. Like you'll take that on for them. You'd be like, "We they should be wanting more love. I'll take that on for them." Yeah. I'm so very empathetic the person. Right. You take on their pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are a very empathetic person. I know too much, too much. I I like if if I if I see you know a homeless person on the way you know going anywhere that will bother me it will bother me for like an hour or two you know it's wow. a, or if someone has a bad set or if I see and and people know this friends of mine if somebody puts a horrible status up and it looks like they're in pain I will send them an email are you okay do you want to meet or talk like oh, what am I a counselor oh. but it bothers me I I'll unfollow them. Oh, see, I'm just see. I need I need to maybe build up that I I got to stop feeling like I can save the world. Why? Because it hurts you. It's it harmful. hurts me. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You take on that pain. I take it on. Well, to, you're in to, the right place because New York City it will kind of force uh, you to become right? more callous. But it hasn't. Twenty five years, and you still feel bad for I, homeless exactly, people. Yeah, I, you're, you're I know. You think yeah, you would think that I'd be like f f you and and I just I go oh my god that person's an addict. Mm-hmm. And they're not criminals. They're in pain. Then it bothers me. And then I think about what are we going to do with the drug problem in America? And, you know, why? what, what can we do? So and you want to help people. Oh, absolutely. Are you, and you're helping people whenever you make them laugh, right? I mean, yes. Yes. Laughter. But it does feel, it feels kind of selfish. Self-serving? It doesn't. It? I, I, I know it feels good. Um, and I feel like I, is, is running the show. Uh producing a show producing the show because I'm giving stage time to to comics and Matt you have to do my show 
you, uh, I, I'm not a stand-up, but I'll, I'll... Oh, you're not? No. Oh. You don't want me doing he the show. He's an actor and improviser. <laughs> neither neither <laughs> are some of the guys that have done the show. Ooh. Whoa, hello, hey! <laughs> you haven't been on one of my shows, have you? Um, but you can tell stories. Um, but that feels good because it's 15 minutes of, sta- of stage time. Yeah. And, and that's that's a premium. That's a great thing to give people. Is, and I yeah. know comics are very appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm delivering a quality product to the audience. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, that's something I'm very proud of. And I think that, and it helps the, the venue. And the venue's very, very good to me. That makes sense. You're giving back. You're helping yeah, people. Yeah. So I help the venue, help the comics, help the audience. So that mm-hmm. that feels good. But when I just perform myself, I, I always feel, or you know what, Phil? Here, here's another thing, my low self-esteem. Whenever I get a new Twitter follower, I go, oh, jeez. That's my first reaction. Oh, because you feel responsible. To- oh, geez, I'm going to let them down. They right. they think because I had one funny tweet on a Wednesday, <laughs> I, I got news for you. I got lucky. It's I just want to go. No, don't, don't. Well, f- how long have you been this way? Very self-critical. <laughs> my have whole you, life. Your my whole, whole life. life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When do you, can you remember a time when you first noticed it about yourself that you're maybe you're more empathetic than others? Oh, grade school. A child, like being little. Do you have you a know? specific memory where you're like, wait a minute, I'm more empathetic than the people around me? I remember I went to um, grade school. This was like a second or third grade mm-hmm. with a girl with cystic fibrosis. And I didn't know what that was, but I knew she was, was coughing and she had um, a tremendous amount of uh, problems breathing. And, you know, this is the 70s and people were mocking her and being mean because that's what you did. You know, you bullied people. Right. And I remember thinking this person's in pain and then it wasn't until i was older it was like that person's probably not even here because you don't live a long life right. with that disease and and you know later you know like fourth or fifth grade i remember it was called you know cf cystic fibrosis mm-hmm. and then later went oh my gosh that so i've always you know and then when i was finally the one that was being picked on finally my turn um i kind of felt better at least i'm taking the heat and everybody else you know was and I, I, my grade school years, I, oh, I was hated. They hated me. Why? Um, I was really tall, and I'm not even that tall. Like right now, I'm I'm five ten, so I might have been what <clears throat> five seven, five eight. Mm-hmm. But it, it, you're different. I was different. Right. Okay. So, um, and and the other differences were I, I had glasses and braces, but that's a typical. Okay, you know, so kid thing. They didn't hate you because you were a dick. They hated you because you were easy to pick on. I was easy, I, right? Okay. I was a victim. Okay. I was, I was, and of course, I, I owned it. You know, you you <clears throat> pick on me, and I would, I would cower and would mm-hmm. get really sad very quickly. You wouldn't you, fight you, back, even though you were mm-hmm. taller and bigger. No, no. Well, because I was really skinny, so I didn't mm-hmm. really have the bigness. I just had the, the I was lurch. I was a freak. Would and it be it, guys and girls teasing? Oh yeah. Me? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And just relentless and horrible and mean, 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 mean. So you notice from an early, from that early of an age, that you had mm-hmm. this empathy towards people, mm-hmm. and but you think now and I felt like a walking wound. That's the best right. way. Like I just felt like a gaping wound for many, many years. And I, I, I've always thought it was interesting too that the things I love to do are very solitary because I never had really had friends. Reading, calligraphy, stand-up is essentially a solitary. You write it. You mm-hmm. are alone. It's not like you know, music or yeah. improv mm-hmm. where you're performing with the totally, team, you're yeah. up there and I'm going, wow, I, I need to just do things that incorporate more people in my life. But if you're a very empathetic person, mm-hmm. it would be uh, much more challenging to do that. It'd be easier to just keep to yourself. Right. 
which I think is why you know things I, I like to do. Yeah. Um, and I, I now I, I start sewing and make my own clothes again. Another solitary thing. Like, <laughs> I yeah. Just, I, I these are things I do alone in my apartment at three. Which is interesting because it sounds like your parents gave you a lot of tough love. I guess. I guess. I, I don't have a negative or. Uh, memory of that though I just really of grade school Mm -hmm. and I just remember um, my sister and I are a year apart and Mm -hmm. she was we look very different Um, and she's just and even to this day devil may care attitude rolls out of bed hi you know hits the streets and just bowl of confidence and has the same best friend she's had since she was from birth me I, I I just I I don't know what it is. I, I, I move on. I um Well all, all three of us here have siblings and I think it's pretty common from what I've seen for siblings. And I am to, the middle kid, you asked that earlier and I didn't yes, answer yet. I knew you were the middle kid. Yeah. Um all of us have siblings. It's very common for siblings to be different. And mm-hmm. sometimes to di- differentiate yourself from mm-hmm. your sibling, you'll go the opposite way. Yeah, oh, I am totally the opposite of them. Yeah, and this might yeah. have happened subconsciously where you see your sister mm-hmm. as this very easy, carefree Very person. easygoing, kind of hippie, and I was just, a neur- I was neurotic and uh, just second-guessing everything and just re- had a real hard time socially. Yeah, because with siblings, I mean, it, it might be happening on a very subconscious level, but you're mm-hmm. vying for your parents' attention. Mm-hmm. You want to be the the chosen one. Yeah, I guess so. So you can't really try and be the same as them, so you go the opposite way. Right, And you right. try to become more different. Right. Yeah, because my sister is uh, very, like very logical, and I was always very artistic and mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. I was the weird, you know, kid who... You know, my my siblings would you know have parties and go on dates and have fun, and I'd be in my room, you know, in in my world, right? Reading or or just you know uh, writing diary entries. And I mean, other other kids will pick up on that, and they they teased you for it. Yeah, and I think I it's guess. also tougher for a girl when that's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the middle child, like even from a very young age, mm-hmm. like before you can even, it's like the firstborn, they're like, oh my God, I don't know how to deal with this. We have a kid, what do we do? Yeah. And then you're born, and it's like, oh, the baby, but we have this older one too. And then another one's born. Right. And you're overlooked mm-hmm. for the majority of your childhood. Oh yeah, because you're not that special. They already have an older daughter. Yeah. I have a brother, and I have a little sister who was born on Christmas, so Christ. So I'm like the extra. And I did yeah. a joke. It never used to work. I took it out. But I was like, you know, I would be the bargaining chip in a hostage crisis. Because they were like, we already got a, you know, think of it. They, they already got a little, you know, adorable little girl. They got an older girl. They got a boy. You know, send me out. I'm right. the, you know, I'm the expendable yeah. one. Bring that joke back. That's good. <laughs> but you got to set it up that people know, okay. have to feel bad it's, for you. All right. Like, we, we know we feel bad for you all right, now, I'll try so. it tomorrow night. Yeah, and I'll, I'll dedicate it. it to you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's a, with the last episode we did with uh, Ben Kronberg, we talked mm-hmm. about why self-deprecation always works mm-hmm. and how he'll start with a self-deprecating joke. And often comics will start with a self-deprecating mm-hmm. joke to get the audience on your side. Right. Yeah, it's a weird thing. but I think because it levels the playing field because you're, you're, you're celebrating. The audience doesn't, you know, you're on stage, you're mic, you're mic, you know, as far as they, uh-huh. you know, well, this person's a dick. So you're right away you're going, listen, I'm not a dick. I'm worse than you guys. Right. So let's just, we're leveling the play, playing field. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't, maybe, I guess we all do it. I just don't feel like I consciously do it. But I guess we do do it. You're right. I don't know. 
I don't remember you doing. I guess you must. Yeah, I must, right? Yeah. 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 I think it's just the empathy. They sense the empathy, you know, so. But that's why I got involved in drugs. Uh-huh. I remember because I finally felt a sense of belonging. And when I, what age what what age was this um, around? 18. Okay. 18 cuz I wasn't uh, my teenage years were very it was all girls Catholic school. You know, I didn't smoke a cigarette. I didn't uh-huh. drink. I didn't do anything. I was, you know, going to mass and confession. Very nice girl. Was that your identity? This good good Catholic girl? Um, no, I was a class clown. In high school, I was a class clown. Okay. That, that was the, the, the rebuttal to the grade school being an asshole right. and being the victim. And these, now these, I was like, okay, you're going to laugh at me. I'm going to be in charge of the laughs. Right. So, it's cla- classic comic yeah, origin story. Yeah, I reinvented yeah. myself yeah. that summer, and I was like, okay, I'm going to high school. Did you have any idols? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Elaine Boozler. Okay. Uh, Robert Klein. Okay. So his, even his at writing. that young of age, your idols were comedians. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, uh, like identity. WFIL Radio in, out of Philly uh-huh. had a uh, Sunday night comedy night. Mm-hmm. And uh, tune in to my my you know radio there, yeah. And because we, we we lived in Bethlehem, and I would memorize the bits, and I could nice. you learn the rhythm. Yeah, going okay. And you related to these comics as and people. Mad Magazine. Now, do you, you think know? you were listening to the comedy to escape, or were you listening because you related to these comics as people? I related to them because they they were they often. Uh, position themselves as losers too uh-huh. um, like Woody Allen stand right. up um, right. you know like you know a lot of his uh, was you know how he was beaten yeah. up as a kid and I was mm-hmm. like oh okay this is my story this can be yeah so I, I went into high school guns a slinging yeah this is because then this taps into musicians as well but at these at this early age we're all kind of searching for an identity mm-hmm. we don't we're trying to understand who we are and you often find kids with posters of whoever on their wall Mm-hmm. And they're kind of forming their identity. Right. So it's good you found that uh, with musicians. A lot of them are like Keith Richards is so cool. I have to do heroin. Yeah. You know, I have to do all this yeah. stuff because he's God. Right. It's right. it's a dangerous thing at such an early age to look to these. Right. I mean, think of it. They're just stupid celebrities. Well, that's what happened to me because I took a I took a year off between high school um, and college. And high school, like I said, I was kicking it out. You know, I was doing the plays and I was a class clown, but I wasn't happy. Uh-huh. It was it was really it was coming from a self defensive place. Um, it wasn't coming from a joyous place at all. Do you think it was? I mean, this is not an original thought, but they say often performers are seeking the affirmation from the audience that they didn't get from their parents. Or, or I, you're 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 seeking love or acceptance exactly. that you can't. I yeah. couldn't give myself. Right. So. Uh, Do you think you were? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I, I, I worked for uh, a year, and I worked with these. I'm 18, uh-huh. and I'm working with these women who are 25 years old, and I idolized them. Yeah. And they cursed. They drank beer. They drank hard liquor. They smoked cigarettes. Mm-hmm. They did cocaine. They did a lot of other hard drugs. Did you think they were cool? Oh my God! <laughs> you have no idea. I what? wanted to be them, and the fact that they wanted to hang out with me, mm-hmm. I felt so special. Just working, just a, a regular job. You mean? Yeah, okay. yeah. And uh, I was like, "This is. I, I want to be these women." They, they were. They, they. It was like Joan Jett. 
You know, right. they were like wore leather jackets, and I was like, oh man! Yeah, and they wanted to hang with dorky me. You know, like, you know, Catholic school and over I here. Bet they were confident. Oh my god, so confident! <laughs> they were they were getting laid, and they were they were saying words I didn't. I, you didn't have Google then. I, yeah. I was like going home looking words up in the dictionary. Holy shit! These yeah. women are doing things that are like oh yeah. Like I I just they know they, the answers. They know the answers. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it, it, my, 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 sometimes I didn't wear a bra. I mean, it was insane. Like things I couldn't even imagine doing in public. And I'm going, oh my gosh, my mother would, would have her head spinning and leaving the house without a brassiere. So like, I, I wanted to be them. Yeah. Um, so super badly. And I, I remember the first time I did cocaine, scared the hell out of me. I think Belushi, uh, he, I think I was, Two weeks since doing cocaine, he died. And uh-huh. I was like going, this is how I'm going to die. Like, I, I need to stop. Let me, did you think him dying was a warning to you in particular? Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. Did. Yeah, yeah. It I, was I, like the, 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 <laughs> the universe was sending Mary Beth yeah. this. Right. Listen, young lady, you yeah. better cool it. Yeah. Belushi but, died for your sins. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a minister. <laughs> so true. But I didn't stop. And I, mm-hmm. I started smoking and drinking, and yeah. I and I, I I incorporated you know coarse language into my 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 daily speech. Mm-hmm. I would say you know flippantly, "Fuck you, that fucking guy," uh-huh. and like, "Wow, look, I felt so grown up." And I would you know talk with a cigarette dangling out of my mouth. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And I learned how to like light the cigarette with the lighter, you know that Fonzie. No, no, what I did the Fonzie. What thing. I see from all this is just a girl that's gone from insecurity mm-hmm. to confidence. Yes, yes. That's yes. all it is is confidence. I know. Yeah, I know. you became a bad girl. I became a bad girl, and I loved it. I loved it. And honestly, I don't have any regrets with the eighties because I kind of had to go through that period of mm-hmm. just being a waste case like and the, was that your drug of choice cocaine um no it was actually uh it was actually meth but we didn't call it meth uh-huh yeah um well this is a little psa portion we called it crank crank yeah because uh, but it was know, still the white powder yeah yeah mm-hmm. sometimes Crystals? it was pink uh well it depends on who your dealer is right. um sometimes it was flaky sometimes it'll be moist mm-hmm. had put it in rice you know the Dry thing. It I, I don't want to teach kids how to do drugs but um <laughs> but yeah i i had and then i i got to a point where um i was i i always said i i'm a drug user not an abuser mm-hmm. was it true <laughs> um because yeah, there are those people yeah yeah i guess it was for me because i i didn't have to go through a 12-step program right i i did make a conscious decision <laughs> like, ever, i've had enough right well um, you ever did you ever feel like you were out of control Mm-hmm. Yeah, you a couple did. times. You feel like oh yeah, okay. oh yeah, oh yeah. There was several times, and I would say like eighty-five to maybe like eighty-seven, where you're just like, oh, I want to stop, but I can't. Yeah, and I yeah. was, I was with everything. Mm-hmm. I was just drinking and drugs, not sleeping, hanging out with just n- not such good people. Bad people. Yeah, uh, yeah, good people don't hang in those crowds. No, yeah. they're generally not the most most ethical trusting people was this in new york or still in pennsylvania pennsylvania okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so and bethlehem and bethlehem Pennsylvania. what happened to jesus's hometown oh my god well you know what i i i I noticed is the kids that are from um suburbs it was really boredom yeah yeah you know 
because uh, when I moved to New York, I remember my boss, one of my first bosses was telling me that where he, he, was, uh, he was raising his kids on Long Island, they had a really bad problem with huffing. And it was yeah. kids that were, you know, they weren't, these aren't poor people. It's middle class, you know, maybe, oh, oh, yeah, bored kids. And that's, I wasn't, you know, from the projects in any, but, you know, I, I had that chip on my shoulder and like, fuck the world. Well, I there was, was nothing to do. punk rock. Exactly. What, what could you do as a kid? You can't go in a bar. You can't, you, right. you could either hang out at the mall or mm-hmm. a 24 hour diner. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which I did that. Yeah. We would, that's, we would, and that's the other thing. We would, um, we would, I would do drugs all day, go to go to the bar and we would drink all night, maybe do a few more lines, smoke cigarettes, then go to the diner, drink coffee, smoke more cigarettes. I'm like, I have acid reflux now. I can't even drink coffee. I mean, never mind the cigarettes and like, oh my God, whiskey. What the, I am amazed. I still have a stomach and an esophagus less. Uh, when left. you try to ingest these things, you get acid reflux. Oh yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. You think I it's can't. mental, emotional? Possibly. It could definitely possibly uh-huh. be. What age, now, what, you did this for 10 years? Mm-hmm. Where you're doing yeah. meth, you're doing yeah. meth crank steadily? Pretty much, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. What, what ages yeah. were, were you? These are veneers. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, um, I'd say like eight, uh, 18. 18 to 28? No, like 30. Okay. Yeah, like 20 to 30. Okay, Those wow. years, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot were, of years of meth, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mixed some cocaine into that, Good, too. Yeah. yeah. But you weren't injecting. No, 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 no. And in fact, I stopped snorting mm-hmm. um, early on because it was burning my nose and I didn't want to end up like Stevie Nicks with a hole in my nose. Yeah. Like, really, it, it, that, that is a horrible, horrible drug. And coming off of it, you know, the high was fantastic and that was my favorite high. Yeah. But the, the the coming down was just oh my god, and oh never again, never again. And you sure feel enough, like the world's ending. Yeah, and you would get. Thankfully, um, I had other, I had cigarettes and and booze to to you know help me off that you know mm-hmm. uh, that coming down. Um, and my, of course, my twenty-five-year-old druggy friends, right. who I just thought they were the greatest thing in the world. Meanwhile, they're probably dead now. Mm-hmm. Those women probably never made it to, to middle age, but especially if they started shooting. Yeah, none of us, none of us shoot. Well, oh, I was going to say, so I didn't snort. I would right. put it in my diet coke, so I would cut out the lines. Uh huh. And then I would put it. That's how I'd measure it. You could just drink so it. So I would know. Yeah, yeah. And I'd, okay. And I'd use a straw. Um, uh. It took a while. You had to have patience. Right. You can't want that instant high. Instant kick, but yeah. I would tell myself that patience is a virtue. I mean, I'm not surprised and that you're attracted to uppers because they give yeah. you tons of confidence and exactly, self-esteem. Exactly, exactly. And all the drugs make you less empathetic and just make you completely selfish. So that was probably mm-hmm. oh, good, yeah. good for you at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can act like an asshole. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm glad I'm, I got the asshole drug and you know drunk and druggy part of me out in my 20s so Mm -hmm. it's i don't know if it's excusable but it's a little bit easier to stomach than when you see somebody you know in their 30s or 40s or 50s you know you like that horrible person you know at the party like oh dear god because now i have no tolerance you know, when we when we go out, you know, you see people in, in clubs, this, the the drunken table of idiots. women. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, w- idiots. You know, yeah. it, it, but the like the bachelorette party, the loud you know, ones. Oh, 
mm-hmm. really, really, we're, are we doing this? Like, oh, come on. Well, it's ladies. good you did it young also for the physical reasons, easier to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so. the bad thing is, is that you're still forming your identity. You right. know, so in right. a way, your right. identity is kind of formed, but maybe it was the training wheels to give you the confidence. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's pretty much what SSI drugs do to people. They're like training wheels to SSIs. Those are the the ones where they kind of just train your brain. Is that the Prozac? Yeah, stuff? Prozac, okay. that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. The, they're those kind of drugs where they just kind of train your brain to think and be a certain way. And that's another thing. Talk about like the, the mind of a drug addict. Mm-hmm. I went into, um, when my mother uh, got sick, my mother died of early onset Alzheimer's. Mm. And when she got sick, um, and it was right when I moved to uh, Manhattan, so it's the early 90s, um, I was having a hard time dealing with it. So um, uh, Columbia Presbyterian had a, uh, looking for studies for people that were having, going through issues. And you could sign up for six months and they do a full medical workup on you and they, uh-huh. they give you meds and get counseling. I'm like, this is awesome. People going through drug problems? No, no, no. Uh, emotional stuff? Emotional stuff. Okay. Yeah, yep. With my mom and, and just, I was having a hard time with, with just confidence and, um, you know, typical early 30s romance stuff like, oh, I can't keep anybody. Nobody right. loves me. You know, self-loathing. The, People the around general. your age are starting to marry and have yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I remember him giving me Prozac. And the, the, the guy I was dating at the time, what do I do? I pick up, I, I get the, I come back from the Columbia Presbyterian and I dump the, the pills out and we chop them up and we do lines of Prozac. <laughs> like, who the fuck does that? Yeah. And I look back now going, but that, we did a lot of that. I don't know, is that a generational thing? Do, do young kids still do that where it's already in a pill form, right. easily ingestible. No, we're going to ground it to its original powder yeah. and put it up our noses. Yeah, people do that with Adderall all the time. But just take the pill. Right. It's, it's, it's it doesn't a hit you prescribed. But Prozac's not wait. meant. To, exactly. <laughs> Prozac's not meant to be a high. Right. So it's, there's no it's, high from it. It was just the, the routine of doing the, the drug routine. that way. Yeah. It's the routine. And I doing think something wrong, with that but... particular boyfriend, he and I, um, a lot of our romance was. Uh, I had I had a couple of relationships like that where the bond wasn't our love for each other or even sex. It was our common love of drugs wow. or doing drugs together. Codependent. Yeah. In that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Or being Absolutely. the bad, being the naughty people. Being the naughty people because they, they weren't bad people either and they mm-hmm. were also going on this naughty journey. There's and something. like, yeah, we're going to, you know, snort. Let's go back to my apartment snort. Prozac. Yeah. Let's go snort some Advil. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> There's something particularly and double dangerous about uh, a couple that is like that mm-hmm. together. Yeah, because yeah. you you re- well you get to have this own special secret. Right. Also, yeah, I and mean, a lot of yeah. addicts love the secret part of it. They oh, just absolutely. love having a secret over people. Well, with the th- and the thing that always saved me was. Even in when I was at my lowest, I was always very ambitious, mm-hmm. and I always always said to myself, "Okay, you you can do this, but you know the clock's ticking." And the people that I were with were like, "No, this is right. this is this is us." Well, that's like, that's no, you no, being no, no, in no. control, right? And yeah. then I would finally go, "Okay, you know what? 
as of today, no more partying, no more falling down, getting drunk on a Friday. And like, uh-huh. what? And that was the beginning cracks of the relationship. Okay, so this is around 30, you start to... Mm-hmm. But make- I would. But here's the thing. So, But I would keep, I would repeat that pattern. So I'd get rid of that person uh-huh. and then find a new person and we would go down that path again. It's like, geez, um, hmm, what's the common denominator here? You? And- right. Well, also, you, you, you don't really and know... And I'm empathetic to a, uh, a drug addict and a drunk. Thank you. Right. So you, were you attracting men that were addicts already or were you becoming that with them? I think I was attracting the... I was making it i was making it comfortable for them well yay you know i can be a fall down drunk with her other other uh, women you have to hide it right but with me yeah you can do that shit out in the open yeah i will feel sorry for you right i'll hold your hair when you throw up right like, yeah yeah i mean in a way that's also very loving but it is also enabling and yeah so i finally went okay enough of that mm-hmm. yeah so but it it, it took a couple but yeah. I never married anyone, so uh-huh. that was a good thing because I knew <laughs> I knew I was aware, but you know, which is the first step. But and I also, from what you said before, it sounds like you've always had this internal voice that was like, "Oh, Mary Beth, you're doing this again." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not all junkies have that voice. Yeah, and and I and I know and am related to a couple of hardcore, you know, and Ad- like, yeah, 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 and they they sadly, like you said, don't. They don't have that voice, and no. it's it breaks your heart. Yeah, because you and I don't know. You can't. And reach I think them. I exactly, and yeah. I think oh, you know, I I did hard drugs, and I I've been down that path, but but I haven't because I don't know what that that be so removed from reality. Right. Well, what I would say to that is that the drugs aren't their problem. There's a deeper problem and the drugs are just covering it up. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Which is so much to unravel because they got to get oh. sober. Then they got to deal with the real issues that are mm-hmm. causing them to turn to the... Oh, absolutely. Uh, Especially when you're, you're so close to it and you see it and, yeah. and you're, you're banging your head against the wall and you go, okay, this there it's, it's a huge problem. Yeah. Like it's not an easy fix yep and i and i get why i get why aa is so um works so well because in the drug community Mm -hmm. having someone to do drugs with having someone to to to, to heavily drink with right having that partnership right you're you're replacing it it really is people who need people are the luckiest people in the whole (laughs) world robert streisand was right yeah but it's having it's replacing that that the negative community the people are going to pull you down with a positive with a positive because you really cannot do it alone particularly people that are hardcore addicts you seem like someone that was able to do it alone right because i don't think like you said i always had that part of the brain that went hey a no no did no, you no, no, did no, you no. go to AA or that kind of thing to uh, get clean or did I've you just... been I've been to a couple meetings yeah but no I didn't do it well you didn't go program. to the program and Mm-mm. the sponsor yeah no, yeah because I think no. because you had that voice you're okay yeah yeah mm-hmm. and now I, I I would be I would be so afraid to to do any kind of uh, you know a, a pill or I I. I was prescribed when I had my bunion removed. I was prescribed Vicodin. Uh-huh. I was so deathly afraid of Vicodin. So you didn't take them? No. Yeah. No. It just—it's a respiratory depressant, and I—I mm-hmm. I, I, I can't mess around with that kind of stuff. It, it frightens the hell out of me. I can't drink coffee. Uh huh. 
Do you smoke cigarettes and drink mm -mm, booze? Mm -mm, you don't. Mm -mm, you're totally no. sober. But I can't. I can't. Um. I can't. Uh, you don't. Drink? I can't handle. No, I can. I can. I'll you have drink. a glass of wine, yeah, but yeah. I can't because of the acid reflux. Okay. I can't. I mean, I'm one glass of wine, and I'm like, whoa! I got to go home. It's school night. Okay. Um. I can't drink beer. Uh huh. Can't drink coffee. Well, a glass of wine is supposedly healthy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, sometimes I two sips and I've yeah. Right. I've, I've horrible acid reflux. Okay, so so now you're like you got clean. It's mm -hmm. like a whole fresh start. Yeah, yeah. Is that when you you're already in New York, or is that when you moved to New York? I moved to New York last time, um, and I will I will never forget the day. Um, I was living in the city, and it was uh, I want to say ninety four ninety five. A bunch of friends um, that I used to get high with in, uh -huh. in Pennsylvania. Um, I was going home for Easter, mm -hmm. and they were like, you know, let, let's let's go, you know, let's go get some coke. And I was like, all right, what the heck, you know, we're we're in Pennsylvania. My mother is essentially dying. Like, you know, uh -huh. fuck it. You know, I it wasn't going to Pennsylvania all those years wasn't a joyous trip home. Right. Um, and in addition to my my sister. Christ, the, my sister, my younger sister, yeah. she she was uh, very ill for a while. We didn't know if she was going to make it. Uh -huh. um, my niece had passed. Like there, there's been you know, like many families, there's been it's it's not always hey. hey. Um, I think a lot. Most people don't feel great about their hometowns. I would hope so, but you, again, you go on Facebook, like you said. You, I I have to. That's why I have to be off of it because you see everybody's perfect family, and I don't have. Not that my family, but we're we're very real. We have serious, real problems. Yeah. You know, like most families. But so also, you not, don't see serious, real things happening on Facebook. You see like no. the best of the best of people's yeah. lives. So there, for me, it was yeah. Let's let's go let's go cop some coke. Let's yeah. Let's have let's have a, a ladies' night out. What the hell? Let's yeah. have fun. Um, and I actually got a pretty good joke out of it. Um, so that makes it worth it, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it kind of does. You know, so many years later. Um, so we 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 go and uh, we it takes us forever because we don't have contacts. So you, you got to call a guy the with a guy chase. with a guy with a guy. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And you know, it's it's illegal. So it's yeah. Um, that's kind of why I'm for legalization or against uh, against legalization is because that whole goose chase really kind of makes it. Uh, it let's just exciting. forget it. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> or or you could be excited excited by it. Yeah, that's true. yeah. But but I, I I'm against it as well because it's it's devastating what what they can do. So so um, we finally we finally get 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 to the guy's house and it's right out of central casting. Uh -huh. You know they have the um, the. TV and the stereo system that's worth like you know ten million dollars, but they're on food stamps. You know, right. like a three-legged dog, uh -huh. the pregnant girlfriend with the cigarette. You know, is this it, the dealer or a the, dealer, the, the dealer? The dealer's yeah. house. Yeah. You know, and there's a pool table where the dining room table should be. And, mm. You know, there's holes in the wall, plaster missing. But you know, they got state-of-the-art uh, TV, TV, and yeah, yeah stereo yeah. And, and and musical instruments. A lot of real, uh -huh. you know, a lot of expensive. Um, but uh, and you got to do the small talk with him for like four hours, five, seventeen <laughs> hours, like forever, to make sure you're you're not cops. And it's like, oh look at us, we're a bunch of stupid women, like uh -huh. really. And you got to drink beers, and you know, man, oh yeah, well you know, it it is it was a good weather today. Beat and, around the bush. Sometimes. Holy shit! Uh -huh. So. Um, d d do a couple lines with him, then he finally sells us the stuff. Yeah. And we get into the car, we, we, we do it, and um, 
I'm like, this is weird. And what it was, it was chopped up Tums. And I called oh. my old boyfriend, uh-huh. um, one of the guys that I used to get high with, and he knows his way around a, a drug or two. Uh-huh. And I was like, let me get him on the case. And he was like, yep, sure enough, it's Tums. Mm-hmm. And I thought, so later the joke was, you know, my stomach felt really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I said, you know, but, but the, uh, it, I think uh, the full joke is... Um, how how uh, placebos would work very well on me because right. I was the one in the car going no 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 it's good it's good <laughs> sure. shit guys yeah. you gotta let it like I really thought I was high yeah so I thought they could make a mint on me just selling me like like vitamins or something that's really good for me well this is the weird thing about drugs is that they're triggering uh, a chemical chemistry in your brain that's already there Mm -hmm. it's firing up exactly exactly it's not adding anything to it it's Mm -hmm. just triggering a part that's there that's why when they gave acid to like um the maha maharishi or whatever Mm -hmm. he didn't feel anything oh yeah because it just he was on some other plane i mean it's just oh wow yeah and that's why the placebo effect works as well well, that makes sense because think of the excitement before you get mm-hmm. you're you're already halfway high, right? It's yeah. like like before you you get laid, you know that excitement of like oh my god, I'm going to have an orgasm with another person. <laughs> so you're already there, your right. brain. So that means your your yeah. your brain's capable of getting that natural. There's high. been a lot of instances of serving a keg of non-alcoholic beer and everyone acts completely wasted, and many instances of people uh, having decaf coffee. Right and feeling yeah. feeling like this is the greatest stuff in the world. Yeah. So yeah, that's well. That's it's the same thing with the SSIs. They're just training wheels to get your brain. They're triggering parts of your brain that are supposed to act a certain way, and then you're supposed to wean off of that, and then your brain's like, oh, I could do it on my own now. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think it's a similar, if not the same kind of okay. thing. Yeah. All right. So the, right. the Tums incident that was your last. That was it. That yeah, because I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't, okay. can't be with a three-legged dog, and <laughs> and the, the the small talk for six hours with a guy who who's scamming people, and it's clearly an apartment full of stolen stereo equipment and guitars, and it, it just was it was everything bad, right? You know, bad and energy. Just, bad energy and and we're sitting there and i just remember going what is wrong with us we we we've college educations and we're 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 good people what are we doing this guy's a criminal you know he had three teeth in his head did you ever think that this is the kind of stuff you need to do to become a good comic no because there are those comics like mitch hedberg and you know plenty of comics that go through it i think musicians experience that more where it's like oh i gotta go through it Mm. no okay well that's probably for the best it was, it was, this is the kind of stuff I have to do to get through this week, right. this weekend, uh-huh. this day, this, and that was like a lot of the 80s. Were you glad that it was Tums? Was part of you just like, oh, I'm glad. No, because it, it was a lot of, we, we spent about $150 on okay. that Tums. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was a chunk of change. So I was, I was pissed. And I remember thinking like, I'm going to go to the Better Business Bureau. I'm going to go like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> my, my ex-boyfriend like going, are you though? Are yeah. you really going to call the precinct and get yeah. this guy? I don't think so. And I was like, all right. Yeah, you I'm got sure. it. But I remember being so angry that I didn't have a recourse. Like, he probably has an arsenal of weapons. Mm-hmm. This is a professional bad man. But on the other hand, maybe the universe, whatever, was doing you a favor. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Because I, 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 I got the next bus out of, after, you know, Easter Sunday, I got in the bus, you know, and I couldn't tell my family where I was, you know. Where you, I was copping some shitty right. coke. Right. So, 
I, I, I have Easter with the family and I, I get on the bus and I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I, 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 I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. It's, on many levels, it forces you to lie to people. It's oh, just, yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing that the, 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 the thrill of, of doing something naughty. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, I get, I, this is going to sound really weird coming from a woman, but I get, I think I get why men go to prostitutes or the, the, the naughty, the bad aspect of something makes it exciting. Sure. Especially when you're raised like I was like, you know, very strict Irish Catholic. Shoplifting so, too. People shoplift. Exactly. Yeah. For the thrill. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never a shoplifter because I'm too paranoid of getting caught. Yeah. But um, smoking cigarettes was so awesome. But then when my mom was like, well, you can smoke in front of us because your father and I smoke. Well, now I don't want to smoke. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much because now you made it like, you know, it's, it's well, not the, fun anymore. That's the argument for legalization. Right. You take that right. thrill away. But, but uh, being, being that nice, good girl and, and being involved in just yeah. evil, bad things, mm-hmm. just, it was quite a thrill. Yeah. And it just made it that much more exciting for me. So after you got clean, were you okay without having that thrill? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you know what? You're, you're always chasing the dragon. And it's never going to be as good as the, the shit you got in 1983 yeah. or whatever. You yeah. know, it's people are putting different cutters in it. They're putting baby laxative. You know, it's, it's Tums half the time. It, it was such a gamble with yeah. my real money that I kind of went, you know what? I, I'm, I'm done. And I, I honestly, it, at that point, I wasn't getting good stuff. I hadn't gotten good stuff in, in many years. Did so. you have to replace that thrill with something else? Maybe the thrill of doing stand-up or the thrill of something? Or is it just the um, thrill of being in New York clean? Well, I think uh, I, didn't, I didn't wrap myself around the, the, the cleanness too much as much as I was, I, I was like, I, I just can't be with these like horrible people and it was a waste of my goddamn time and right. money. So, um, and I, and I dated a lot of cops too. Oh, and I wow. think I was dating a cop at the time. Cause uh-huh. I remember thinking like, Oh, ho, ho, if he only knew. So, and that, that felt a, a doubly, you know, awesome, bad, badass, you know, going to his house. Oh, if he only knew what I was doing, copping Tums. <laughs> now, did you um, date cops like in uniform cops, like cops on the street? Uh, both, both, okay. uh, uh, two, two uniform cops and a detective. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What's that about? Irish Catholic thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You feel like protected by the uniform or just... No, they, they, they like, you know, I uh, red hair. So mm-hmm. I'm only, I only recently blonde. Um, so, you know, I'd be in an Irish pub and they'd be like, hey, little lady. And I'm right. like, me? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, it was, that's what you do. You date a fireman or a cop. That's <laughs> and you dated comics as well? No. 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 Did you ever date any comics? Um, I, I, I did not formally date comics, but I, I was, um, I never had, I, I've, I've hung out with comics that I later found out yeah. they, we were dating and I was <laughs> like, really? I, I didn't think that was, was dating. So no, I'm okay. going to say, yeah, okay. I wouldn't, but yeah, it's, that's funny. Yeah. So I, I usually don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how much did your life change when you were? got clean is that when you really started doing stand-up a lot i did snap a whole lot and i got really into uh, calligraphy and i had my own little business going on mm-hmm. and i started doing corporate clients and mm-hmm. i was a very very busy beaver um up and i'm a horrible insomniac so i'd be up till like two three in the morning and then being at work at nine o'clock in the morning and mm. uh 
doing stand-up and writing and it, it was a very thank god i i was young because mm-hmm. i i can't do it now because i'm gonna i'm gonna stop performing as much as i do you like, going, you're, you're going to stop yeah Why? i'm just i'm so tired i like being home yeah i think i'll still do my auto show uh-huh um and i'll still try to be uh witty try to be i'll still try to be <laughs> I, I will. I, I think the sentence is, I will try to be witty on Twitter. <laughs> I tell you, I, I'm, as I gain followers, I lose because I realize she's not really that witty. I, and why does it matter to me? Why do I care? Right. Well, of course you I just, care. I want, it makes I want sense. Twitter love. I really do. Yeah. Twitter is harder than, than Facebook. Like, I think unless you're a huge international star, you, you're not going to get the same kind of feedback and likes and appreciation right. on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Why don't I just accept it? Why don't I? Well, I think the theme of this has been self-acceptance, you know, whether yeah. it's from over-empathy, that's perhaps another issue, but self-acceptance mm-hmm. is a big one, and I think we're all struggling with that, and mm-hmm. maybe we're always going to be struggling with that. I think so, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't want to be struggling to the point where it's crippling, right? Or where you're, where where you need because Facebook and and mm-hmm. stand or they can become like a drug to make it full circle. Yeah, you exactly. don't want to have to need something. I think also as we come as from within, chasing the like dragon. As we get yeah, older, yeah. As we get older, as we get wiser, we don't get so stuck up into it like you can have that feeling of oh I'm jealous I'm full of Mm self-doubt but you'd be like wait 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 this isn't real and you can get yourself out of that spiral a lot quicker than maybe when you were 18 or 25 or whatever it is it's also the things that matter Mm -hmm. you know like for me when I go spend time in the woods everything changes I'm like what was I doing in the city and on Facebook like what that doesn't even matter as you're burying a body yeah, sure. <laughs> that was a funny Instagram. You put it up. It was right because I was just in the woods, and the, he was saying yesterday. it sucks here. He couldn't get any Wi-Fi. I yeah. didn't it like funny. it. I purposely didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I smiled, but I was like, eh. but that's that's what happens. You get so caught up, and um, exactly, you then you like. There have been days I don't know what matters, mm-hmm. and and likes and acceptance and and bombing matters, and it shouldn't. You know, and it, it, you, you kind of go, well, what does matter? And like, I, I don't know the answer to that. So that's not a that's not very healthy or good. Well, maybe growth is what matters, and that's kind of the good thing about bombing is you learn more from bombing than you do doing a, having a great set. Right, 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 right. So growth and 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 change and yeah. For me, as I get older, that's what I'm kind of staying on. It's like. Because you experience a lot of the same things in life. You're like, oh, I'm doing another bar show. So I'm telling myself these days, yes, I'm doing another bar show, but I'm doing it as older Gary. I'm not the Gary I was a year ago. So maybe it'll be different. Yeah, yeah. Like life is like a spiral staircase where it's not the same view over and over. Mm -hmm. It's at a different height. You keep going around and around the same circle, but it's a spiral staircase upwards. And every, every time you circle around, it's a different view. Right, right. Is my visual metaphor? <laughs> well, you know what I started doing because I'm, I'm, I am on this journey to to find out what matters. Mm-hmm. Is um, I'm tutoring now, ah. tutoring kids, doing helping them with their homework. So you feel like you're giving back, giving them something? Yeah, yeah. Or it's I'm, just like, yeah, it's twenty bucks. No, I don't get paid at all. It's volunteer. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. also a big sister program. 
you know about that? Oh yeah, but I think I would be a horrible role model. <laughs> I mean, I can help you with your homework because I'm also trying to figure out like you know the Indians and trying to like learn like we're, we're studying the Lenape Indians. Um, right. I don't, so think, you, I don't think we call them Indians anymore. We well no, we call them uh, in, indigenous uh, Americans or I can't remember I what the. the I hear mixed. Uh, I hear. Mi- I also hear that Native they're fine Americans. with Indians. Yeah, with this project, the, the the little girl that I'm helping with her homework, she she used the term Indian. She's in my racist. defense. Oh my god, <laughs> she's a terrible little girl. Oh my god, I'm tutoring a racist person. But so, but I'm learning, you know. And and it's, I like to think that they're going, wow, you can be a grown up and not have the answers, and maybe that's a positive. But the big sister. Definitely. That intimidates me because I feel like they like, well, how would you solve this problem? And I'm right. going, I have no fucking clue, kid. I'm chasing likes. So I, I don't I don't have that amount of confidence to to be a um, big sister. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But I could homework. Yeah. Let's because I, I, I think I can figure out how to do a project. You know that hearing you say that that might be the best thing you can teach a young kid mm-hmm. is that. Just because we're kind of adults, mm-hmm. we really don't know the answer. Yes, exactly. Because mm-hmm. m- remember when we were kid- like the twenty-five-year-olds, when when you just assume because of their age, yeah. oh, they know the answers. They they're the voice of reason, mm-hmm. their authority, and they're and it never occurs to you that your boss or your friend's mom or dad or your are parents. assholes. <laughs> Or they're alcohol. They're horrible people. They're yeah, exactly. So you well, every 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 kid goes through this time of their life where they get to a certain age or awareness with like, wow, when my parents had me, they were just kind of winging it. Exactly. They didn't exactly. know either. They didn't know either. Yeah, everyone they were relatively kids themselves. Relatively at that point. kids they're themselves. They're in their twenties, whatever. Yeah, what did they know? Yeah. Or even if they were later, they were experiencing for the first time. They didn't really know what they were doing. But it's hard to think of your parents as people. You know what I mean? Like I can think of your parents as people, but when you I look at my mother when she was young, or look at my father when they were young, I still see them as my parents, and they you mm-hmm. still see like oh they're very wise and. I can't. I can't wrap my head around that. I it's feel like, like trying I, to imagine God. Huh? I totally remember exactly when and where I was. Where I was like, "Wow, my parents—they're just people." See, I I can't. Really? No. Yeah. No. Are they both still around? Well, your mom's mom passed all, away. Yeah. My dad's still around. Dad's still and my around. dad's my dad's a scary dad. Uh huh. So. Um, in, and I never realized it till friends of mine told yeah. me that your, fr- your, your dad's frightening. And I'm like, he is, right? I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, he's the kind, kind of dad that, like, he would sneeze and the walls of the house would shake, you know? <laughs> like, he's yeah. that, like, he's powerful. Um, so, yeah, we're all still scared of him, you right, know? And right. we're, we're middle-aged. <laughs> but, yeah, when you're, when you're a child, you don't know any different. You think, oh, everybody's parents are like this. Right, right. Yeah. So, it's, so it's you know. hard for me to think of him as a person mm, um, because he's still dad. And he, he'll leave me a voicemail on my phone. and It'll be like, call me. And I will. Like, there's, I, I'm afraid not to. Like, what's he going to do? Spank me? Ground but, you. Exactly. But I'm afraid he's going to come into New York and like, oh, shit. I, he, so he still scares me. And it's still That's like, dad's going to come after me with the belt. And here we go. Yeah, dad, you called. And I'm like, still scared. Yeah. So, yeah. I think he knows it. And I think, you know, but I think that generation of dads are like, That's right. You know, they... I don't know if his grandkids are scared or as frightened of his, but his kids are. Mm-hmm. I mean, did he hit you with a belt? 
Yeah. 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 So, I mean, there's probably but some. But that's the generation that did. I, we all did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, th- I don't think my sister, I don't think Christ did. I think she was she at never the end. Hit. Yeah. I don't think she got. No, she developed. was the savior. She was the savior. Exactly. <laughs> But my older sister and I, yeah, we have we have we belts and smacks and get chased around the uh, house. Well, I got older, then I would run from my mother. She chased me with a wooden spoon, and I could outrun my parents pretty quickly. A wooden spoon sounds a lot less painful than a belt. Yeah, the belt was bad. Did you yeah. tell her? You're like, mom, come on. Huh? Well, I would I would make her laugh, <laughs> so she would be chasing me around the dining room table, and I learned the power of humor. It slows them down. Oh yeah, and then yeah. she'd be giggling. I was like, "Really? You're gonna hit? You're gonna hit this adorable mug? Come <laughs> right, on!" Right. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Laughter and self defense. Uh, yeah, but my dad, I, I was like, I I didn't know if I if I cry early, will it make him stop, or if I if you're brave, will it make him just keep beating you to your cries? So you didn't know like what what method you should go with i so, go with the crying early yeah i ended up with the crying early did that work did it soften them up it didn't seem like it, wow. they, they both seem like losing propositions but being brave was like you're just you're just you're you're basically challenging going come on right you yeah. ever talk to him nowadays and just kind of look back on his parenting style and how you were as a kid see i can't because i don't have kids I think um, my siblings probably if they if they would they could have that mm-hmm. conversation but I think with me um, it would probably be like you don't know you don't have kids I'm like alright valid he, he you're pull- always gonna he's always gonna win that argument oh uh, he's always gonna pull that yeah yeah what happens with a lot of people when they have kids is that they relive their own childhood through their kids mm-hmm. so they can get mad at their parents for making mistakes that they're not making right 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 yeah. and I, I think I think uh I'm, well, I don't think I know that their parents were were just uh, very very strict, and sure. it was also the depression, and they just probably I, I I don't they were not warm and fuzzy people. My grandparents. Yeah, obviously, I'm not Irish Catholic, but from what yeah. I've heard from Irish Catholic, it's yeah. particularly yeah. stoic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's sit down, shut up, and it's important things were. God and I remember you, you, don't, you don't question the priest you don't question the nun if the nun said I did something horrible then I did it mm-hmm. and she was right and I was wrong and I knew, this is something that I did even though I never saw my parents as people I did see the nuns as people and very flawed people and some of them were just just really just child abusers when you you know because also I was I'm at an age where the nuns would beat the shit out of us like that was wow, and were, oh yeah they were hitting you as well oh yeah wow yeah so um and that was allowed and that was you well, know I since think the 70s they're measured under different standards you didn't see your parents as part of the church but Correct. you saw these nuns as part of the church and was, married to god and, and i'm already questioning religion from you. an early yeah. age i was going like oh come on there's a guy on the cross hanging there. Yeah. We're drinking his blood. He magically, be, eh, you know, I, I was seeing, I was seeing holes in the plot early. Early, Wolf. and anytime you questioned it, they would go, "It's the, you know, it's a miracle." You know that that's okay. There's a, the Trinity. He's the ghost. Mm-hmm. God is a ghost. Like it was just like, oh come on. Even even my stories have a little bit more plausibility <laughs> than than this yeah. stuff. So and then questioning it. Did you ever take that doubt to your parents? Oh yeah. Yeah, that that wasn't well received. No. Yeah, no. no, They were just like, shut up and believe it. That's right. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And uh, and so but I I, I saw the nuns as as very, very flawed people. 
and and mean and and again i would get up in in their faces because i was already being taunted by the kids uh-huh. and to have this nun get in my face and i was like you're a grown-up and i'm a little girl what the fuck is wrong with you that's what i was thinking in my right, head i remember right. like being eight nine years old going what happened to you that like i understand the other eight-year-old like ripping me no asshole but yeah you're you're 27 like, you're the one with the fucking problem. Well, that's and a I can't very, believe my mom and dad believe you. That's a very young age to come to that kind of wisdom. Holy shit. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, were, they, they, were, they were not hiding it. Right. It was just like, holy crap. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. That's what happens when you don't have sex. Are nuns better these days? Because that was always like growing up, that was always the stereotype of these mean nuns that, mm-hmm. would, that would abuse kids. We had kids. a nun called Sister Joe Frazier in grade school. Because she, yeah, she, she pounds you with the fist. Are they better? The, I mean, I, I know you're, you're I no longer think... hanging out with nuns yeah. in the same way, but, but you're understanding. You're not to hit. I don't think that there are many new uh, uh, novice, what do I, no, novice, novice, there's a word. I, I'm for forgetting nuns. my, yeah, I'm forgetting my, my Catholicism. Probably for the best. But, <laughs> probably for the best. Um, but I don't think there's, there's new uh, women in the order. I know there are new priests, not, not at the, the volume that they would have liked, you know, sure. particularly, you know, 30, 40 years ago. But I, I got a feeling that the nun population, I have not seen a nun under the age of 80 in about 20 years. They can't recruit them anymore? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's a tough yeah, sell. It's a tough sell. It really is. So you can't is have it, sex and you can't beat kids? Come on. Who exactly. wants to do that? So it's gonna, yeah. they're, they're dying out? Yeah, yeah. Who's going to yeah. teach our kids? I know. I know. Well, they were, I, my high school, they were, the majority were lay teachers. They, we didn't have many nuns at all. Because mm. so. you think of it, you have no salary. You have a vow of poverty. Right. So you're living, you're living in this house with a bunch of other women and you have to be really devout you well actually i'm kind of giving it a good sell because you're the you food's delicious you don't have to work <laughs> and you don't have to worry about it, your outfit and you can you can gain a ton of weight and you know nobody cares what you look like you don't have to worry about facebook likes and yeah, yeah. although no you, you do because um i've got facebook friends friended by a lot of uh, the sisters while they're in the living in the church mm-hmm you, right, you can see them on, on my. Twitter. You can see. You can see my Facebook. If that that joke I have about the, my Facebook friend, that's real. My ex Coke dealer is a Facebook friend. Yeah. And and a lot of people that that I used to date, and because I I'm not I'm not a bad breaker upper. Like mm. even when we. You're friends with your exes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not right away, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. like what am I? You know, you, you you liked this person enough to, to you know perhaps love them and you got naked with them so they can't be that bad right you, you, you know? might have one of the more interesting facebook you've got cops you've got mm-hmm. dealers you've got nuns yeah yeah I have a child lot of, abusers i know <laughs> <laughs> i know i do i get crazy <laughs> I, I probably got a lot of criminals on there yeah yeah the, so it's the, the gamut i got the gamut. Well, i'm over the limit i'm over five thousand so oh are you? they're all on there yeah wow. yeah you got to delete the ones you don't want yeah so i'm slowly deleting and i don't want to again the empathy you know like i I don't want to slam the doors i'm just gently unfriending people Mm. you know uh just slowly like getting rid of two or three a day what does facebook even do that why have a limit i have no idea i have no idea just to make people seem but it, it, it is really weird like when all those people that 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 very group likes the same status like wow, if they only knew each other. Oh right, like when you have cops and dealers, nun, and, yeah. the cop and the dealer, yeah. and you know, 
joke. The, the guy joke that right I had there. a one night stand with that yeah. became a two year relationship. What was right. that about? <laughs> you know, from California. Oh my god. Yeah. I had I had a same time next year kind of relate. You ever see that movie? I think it's Neil Simon. Yeah. He he came into mm-hmm. town and this was oh when you were asking about how did I you know you, you stopped doing drugs. Well, I guess promiscuous for me it wouldn't uh-huh. be promiscuous for normal people. But I was like I'm just gonna go out and just be crazy. And so I had a one night stand with this guy. Uh-huh. And I ended up I he was like my long distance boyfriend. It wasn't wild. And this is and this is before uh email or I guess email was around, but we were we hand wrote notes, letters to each other. Isn't yeah. that quaint? Yeah. My one night so even my one night stands aren't even like dirty and horrible and filthy the way I want them to be. <laughs> So we we went to my apartment. We went up to uh, my roof, and we had sex on the roof. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Look at me, naked out in the city. Everybody can see me." I just felt like the tawdriest, yeah, dirtiest girl. I was digging it, yeah. Um, and that was great. And then he went back to California, and then we wrote letters to each other yeah. on stationery. That's sweet. Nice. Well, it's tactile. You can hold it and yeah. see the handwriting. How are you? Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, and his, his would be on uh, yellow legal pay. And yeah. mine, of course, would be on stationery with calligraphy. Cause see, all emails look the same, you know? know? So you get a business email, then you get a love email, and it's this not the same I remember breaking up with a guy and part of my breakup speech was I don't even know you I don't even know what your handwriting looks like and that was one of the main reasons because I didn't meet his family but I didn't know what his handwriting looked like because to me handwriting is really important to know what someone's handwriting because mm-hmm. for me it's, well, this is coming from a calligrapher right right yeah. so if you're withholding your handwriting what else are you hiding everything and I was serious I remember yeah. that fight like I don't even know what your handwriting looks like and he was just right. like what the fuck <laughs> like, th- like no woman is ever <laughs> like alright that's interesting it reminds me of someone nowadays that wouldn't have any social network visibility like mm. you know anyone that's just not on anything oh get this so the, <laughs> the guy I lost my virginity to uh-huh. um, he's on Facebook mm-hmm. with an alias so I was doing a lot of gay bars at the time and I had a lot of gay men mm-hmm. Facebook friend of me like I had like 10 like you know I, I, you know I, I killed it the night before you know gay men and me it's 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 an easy sell yeah and and yeah. they love me and I love them mm-hmm. so boom 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 you know accept accept and I accepted him and he sends me an email and he goes you don't know who I am do you I was like oh you were at the you know boots and saddles last night you know were you at the bar and he said actually no and he told me his real name I'm like oh my word and so we had and he was you know drugs and booze and he was just a a, a bad human being and, um, and you lost your virginity to him he, yeah he i lost my virginity to him and he lived down a- the street from my mom and dad and it was just like this and of course irish cat i was like i need i need to marry him now right you know i don't care and and i was old older when i lost my virginity because i'm a good girl i would assume a lot I was of 23 Wow, mm. that's pretty late. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, special, special. <laughs> I would assume a lot of gay men had a uh, had sex with women early on. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he wasn't a, he wasn't a gay guy. The gay men came later. This guy. Um, oh, he didn't. He wasn't gay later. No, no, no. But the other boyfriends were. Oh, okay. Um, but this this was the pop the cherry guy. And yeah. but, when, but so I Google him. Nothing. He's got no footprint so i'm sure you guys i'm sure he's like a criminal right Mm -hmm. and he told me he this is what he told me he never married 
and no pictures on he's got the fake name on facebook mm-hmm. no pictures wanted yeah he's totally in the underworld and yeah. he lives in florida mm-hmm. right yeah works at a strip club mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cash yeah yeah so wild wild south yeah i'm thinking mm-hmm. it's it's all adding you up. know it's best i don't know that and <laughs> um yeah good thing you didn't get married to him yeah i know and i and i so wanted to <laughs> I have like diary. Oh my gosh, you know, why isn't he calling me back? You know, why aren't I the perfect girl for him? And then I look back and going, wow, okay. And it's just, he's, I, who knows? There's still hope you guys can get no, married. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Well, he, he, had, he had sent me an email because I remember we emailing for a while and I was like, I, the past sometimes needs to be the past. the past. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I'll friend you, but I won't redate you. Right. I really don't want to redate anybody I was with. I'll be friends with you. I have no axe to grind. Yeah. But um, we're done. We're well, we're done with the the I'm naked seeing, and the. I'm seeing two Mary Beths. I'm mm. seeing a Mary Beth that is has not a true self image, mm. and a Mary Beth that's overly empathetic and struggles with it. Okay. And then I'm seeing a Mary Beth that has 5,000 Facebook friends and all these people that love her and think she's such a great person and wants to be her friend. And mm. What's the first Mary Beth who doesn't have a true self-image? Is that a bad Mary Beth? I'm not... not that's oh that's the self-deprecate yeah okay there's two two different people i'm seeing like two different people here oh because i'm so full of self-doubt yeah yeah i think but then uh, there's i'll let you respond but but i think that's common i think most of us have our our ups and downs or are parts of us that are very confident and feel good and connected to the world and then the other part that's just self-doubting but there's almost two different people that contradict each other oh really yeah because why would someone with why would someone that wasn't the bell of the ball mm-hmm. have 5,000 Facebook because friends? Because I say yes to everybody. Yeah, so do I. I don't have 5,000 Facebook friends. I don't Are have... you really saying yes to everybody? Yeah, oh. pretty much. All right. Yeah. Well, I, well hmm. I think part of it is male versus female. Okay. And the other part of it I, is... No, I think Mary Beth has a very outgoing, yeah. loving personality. And the empathy, because mm-hmm. I let people in. So, oh, and well, I think people are drawn to you because mm-hmm. you're an attractive, loving person. And well, I'm is, definitely loving. Yeah, and well, that contradicts the other, the other Mary Beth. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, I'm not going to agree with you on the. The other I, Mary Beth. Yeah, I don't that, see the attractive. With the very stern father. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's why I'm loving because I I want to put the love out that I didn't get. Right. I, see, I've already, and I know. I know that's why if you ever see me in a social situation, I'm very good at small talk and I'm very touchy Uh because I want that and I wanted that growing up. I wanted somebody to say, remember my name and go, hey, I remember I listened to your podcast. I saw your show. I thought you were awesome. And I'll sit down and I want to hear, and I truly do want to hear your problems and I'm invested right? because I didn't get that. Mm Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So I can, I can maybe be the, be the change you want to see. Isn't that yeah. um, Gandhi? You should move to uh, Southern California, where touching and friendliness is much more accepted. Yeah, than New York. but it's it's too it's too crunchy granola for me. Too yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a badass New Yorker. <laughs> You're yeah. still that hardcore Irish Catholic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Cop dater. The cop dater. I know, <laughs> I know. It's so funny. I'm I'm due for a cop. Uh, 
Well, I love, all, I love this whole story and I love all the contradictions that are going on. Right. Yeah, right, yeah. it's very interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we've covered a lot. Are we, are we done? Are we wrapping up? I think we should wrap it up. It's been a while. Has it? I think mm-hmm. we're going on two hours. Oh, my God. I could, I could, seriously, I could talk like, I'm, I'm so, my, are you guys are probably so tired. No, I can this keep going great. and going, but, um, yeah. you know, keep it. Uh, yeah. Keep the file size manageable. Oh yeah, yeah. We don't want to. One, one fifteen-hour podcast. Question: <laughs> Would you ever return to acting? Um, I don't know if I have a, enough confidence mm-hmm. to do that. I, I think you should because they, like I said, those. I I walked out of there, and I was like. Those women are just so amazing, and I oh my god, I'm not gonna. We're up for, and I was weird. We're up for the same role. Are you kidding me? I should be up for the woman that makes her like it, I I don't I could I I think I am capable of acting. The whole audition process. I'll give I you think this. I would have a hard time. With you that. must know this that you're more unique than most. They're them. You're you. Mm-hmm. You just got to wait for the roles to match up. And things right. things have changed, especially in the commercial world. Mm-hmm. Things have changed a lot since that shampoo right. audition. Uh, casting directors are no, look, look, no longer looking for the supermodel. They're looking for relatable, right. attractive people. But you probably don't even want to be a commercial actor. You probably want to act in some They make a lot stuff. of good money, though. So yeah. That, that might, yeah. You get that national? Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. Thank yeah. you so much. So, But also, like, I... I I don't look like the, the I don't look like America. Um, I'm 53. I don't look like a 53 year old, so I can't pay play a 23 year old. But 53 doesn't look like me, and I know that because I have friends from high school and college that are you my look age. Like 30s. Well, I, yeah. I don't dress like I'm 53. I'm not, you know. What I mean, I yeah. don't I don't act my age or dress my age. So that's perfect. <laughs> I, right? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> So I don't know. I, I couldn't be a housewife, could I? I, I wouldn't um, be. What sure would I can. be? Like a like a cop television dater. show. You could be a cop dater. <laughs> you can be a cop. You can definitely be a, like a, a, a police pre- procedural detective. Mm. You know, mm. like a Law and Order sort of detective. I mean, acting oh, yeah. is so. Get in here, Mooney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do that. Definitely do that. You just got to find the right role. I could do the ex junkie. I got ex junkie headshots taken. I'll have to share them to you. There you go. I, I didn't put them on Facebook because I really do like. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, or, or my be... photographer, and uh, she she does a lot of my headshots, and. Um, I said, you know, leather jacket, let's like really make this like, I want to look like a junkie, like real hardcore. And I got to be honest, I love those pictures. I look totally badass. So you can be like the, no the, makeup. the junkie housewife or the junkie mom who mm-hmm. they're trying to take your child yeah. away from you because yeah. you're a terrible mama. Right. Yeah. yeah. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah. There you go. Or you could write. But my teeth looked awesome. That's the only thing. <laughs> but it's like the junky mama has got really good dental care. No, uh, the, they have yeah. special effects makeup to make your teeth look bad. Look bad. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They could yeah. do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. I'm really into oral hygiene. Or you could do. You could write your own show. I could. Yeah. I could. I could see you doing a one-woman show, too. Mm-hmm. Could you? I could, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know what I would, what, what would be the central theme? What would I talk about? You have a lot of stories and a lot of interesting things, mm. even if it's just a autobiographical. It would be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you could do is listen to this podcast okay. and then kind of chapter it out. All right. Pick the parts you so want. I, I, I'm afraid to listen to the podcast because am I going to sound like a, a dope? No. Like, uh, yeah. Are you going to edit me that I'm, I sound really? <laughs> 
If there was any part where I thought you did, I would edit it out. But okay, good. Think, yeah. All right. No, I, don't, I think you're good. Mm-hmm. This part, this part I feel good about it. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I think you guys, you know, did great today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just want to say that, that these guys really, you guys really Thank kick you. it out of the park. Thank you guys you. should really think about continuing this. Uh, maybe we will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really see. Right. Well, thanks so much for doing it. I think it's a Thank lot of food you. for thought here. Is there? Okay. I think so, okay. yeah. A lot of interesting things going on. All right, mm-hmm. all right. So maybe I'll listen to it and I'll get insight into myself. And I bet you would. Really? Yeah, I would imagine so. All right. All Every right. time we do one, I get insight into myself. That, that, but you're a very, you're a very spiritual guy. That, that's, when I first met you, I was like, that makes you special, I think. Don't you think that? I don't know. I just think I'm me, you know? Yeah. Everyone's themselves. That's that's true. Yeah, but you're, you're funny. You're engaging, but you have this like spiritual core. There's something very beautiful about you. That's I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> see how he accepted that compliment. Yeah. See, I gotta learn. Same, well, it's hard to accept a compliment. Yeah. It is. The right? only thing harder than uh, accepting a compliment is dealing with not getting a compliment. <gasps> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that that's that's their their theme is <laughs> we we want to be liked and then when people so like us we go what the hell's wrong with you that you like me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully we won't chase those like dragons Mm-mm. anymore. I think I'm going to take a start scheduling more hiatuses. Mm-hmm. See how you social feel. Media. Yeah, yeah, I will. Take a couple. I think of Facebook's going to shut down this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thanks so much for doing it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Love you. We did it. We're going to hug, right? Yeah.